Today I'm speaking on First uh, John, and the title of, of the message is Assurance. And as I'm, I, I'm an individual, I like John. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of writers in the Gospels. You know, a lot of there's four writers for the Gospels. There's a lot of things going on in New Testament, Old Testament. But I, I like to read John's writings, his themes, and his descriptions, his descriptive text. Um, give us a great insight to Christ and establishing um, great comfort in our life and great faith. It's, it's a matter of, John has this just very unique relationship with Jesus. Now, everyone has a relationship with Jesus. You know, the writers and inspired by God and things like that. John is the, John is the author of the book of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. So it's this guy. That's the guy we're talking about. And... Um, He's, you know, one of the twelve. He's one of the inner circle. He is often referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. At the um, Last Supper, John is the one who lays his head upon the shoulder of Jesus. I mean, he is, he's just this incredible person in his relationship with Christ. And, you know, he's the only, uh, tradition has it, he's the only one to die a natural death. All the rest are beheaded or killed or sawed in half. I mean, all the different ways they could come up with, with uh, torturing them and so on. And John is the one who is exiled to the Isle of Patmos for his, uh, and that's where the book of Revelation is received. And he is exiled there. It's the death island that he is sentenced there to die. But there, even in a place of death, where he's sentenced to die there because you can't get off the island, and it's there that he receives the revelation uh, of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation that we have. And it was later on, when he's an older, older person, that he is discharged from the island and uh, dies. Tradition has it he you know, died in the old age. But as, as John, we see his um, declarations, and we see this intimate relationship with Christ. And John wrote to affirm our faith in Jesus. He doesn't, he doesn't start out and give us these ideas, and, and I like that we read this uh, uh, before, a number of weeks ago, months ago perhaps, where John begins his gospel. In the other writings, you have all these things going up, and then there's the declaration that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, John begins with, Jesus is the Son of God. He is God, and he is God with us, and it, then he begins to tell us all of the things going on in, this, in, in his life and in his teachings. And um, you find that John wrote to affirm, to shore up our faith in Christ, and, and to disclaim and disarm the false teachers who were arising at that time. They were coming on the scene, and they were trying to say, well, he really wasn't the Son of God, or he really wasn't born of a virgin, or he really didn't rise from the dead. And, you know, and people were just agreeing to this, and John's writing saying, no, you can't do that. You can't take away these truths. And he, he would talk about how that the truths of the gospel and the truths of Jesus Christ are there for us to shore up our faith and to make our faith strong. And so knowing then the truth about Jesus, knowing the truth about Christ, becomes a foundation that we stand on. It is a very safe, solid rock that we are standing on. And specifically, 1 John 1 John was written to dispel doubts and to build assurance. 1 John was written to 
come against the people who were creating doubts in the church and to continue to build upon the faith that the, the individuals had. And he, he begins and talks about a very clear picture. He presents a very clear picture of Jesus Christ. So John leaves no doubt that Jesus was and is God in the flesh. There's no doubt in John's mind that, and, and what he writes, that Jesus is God. He is God incarnate, God with us. And John declares that he has seen God, he has heard God, he has touched God, he has handled God. He has been with Jesus. Okay? He has been with Jesus. And he gives to us this assurance, I've seen him, I've heard him, I've touched him, and I have handled the miracles that Jesus performed. So John walked, he talked with Jesus, and he saw Jesus heal, he heard Jesus teach, he watched him die, he saw him risen from the dead, he saw Jesus ascend into heaven. He was there on Pentecost when the Spirit of God descended upon the disciples in great power. And John knew God. Okay? I'm, and, I'm, and I have a point to, you know, well, when's he going to get through the introduction to the main point here? This introduction is something that, that we have to affirm over and over and over in our life whenever we read the Gospels and we read about, especially here, we read about the writings of John. And, 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 and he knew, think about it this way, John knew God. He believed that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, God incarnate. He lived with him. He saw the working of the miracles. He heard what Jesus taught about life and about love and about forgiveness. John declares he enjoyed fellowship with God. He declares that he enjoyed friendship with Jesus Christ. John writes that we, and this is the point, his writings are so that we might have the same friendship. His writings are that we, the readers of, this, of his writings, could have the same friendship with Jesus as John had. It'd be like... I have Walt come up here. Uh, no, you don't have to come up, Walt. Okay. I'm sure he would just jump right up and come up. If I said, Walt, come up here. You know. um, I, well, I say, Walt, come on up here. Walt, come up and says, I want to tell you about a friend. I want to tell you about this guy. He's a really good guy. He's a really great friend. He does this, he does this, and he does this. You know. And um, he, you know, this is what he's like, and this is what it's like to know him. I've been around him for you know, three years. I've, I've talked with him. He, you know, he's a really good guy. You know? And his name is Steve. <laughs> and you can be friends with Steve. And, and so Walt's going on my impression of my friendship with Steve to, and he's now feeding off of this friendship with me that, you know, that I can tell him about, that he's going to go talk to Steve. And he's all these expectations of what Steve is like because I told him. 
So he expects this of Steve. Well, this is John telling us in the writings all about Jesus, and then he wants us to have that same friendship with Jesus. So John is telling us, that's why whenever we're going through this, well, he spent time with, yeah, we know all that stuff, but wait a minute, just pause for a moment and think. John beheld him. John talked with Jesus. He was close with him. He was a friend. The, the intimate conversations, questions, concerns. He talked to Jesus with him, and Jesus then was part of this. And I think one of the, and I, I know I mentioned this before, but I think one of the greatest miracles that the, the disciples remember is the feeding of the 5,000. Because they each had a basket. Okay? And they each saw what little Jesus had to start with. Five loaves and two fishes. Five flat, five flat pancakes and two sardines. That's what it was. It wasn't a salmon that they caught that was 50 pounds and he could be in the, you know. Five flat pancakes and two sardines. And that's what he started with. And all the disciples around them were with baskets. And Jesus begins to divide it. And he, fell, he filled all of their baskets. Then they went and fed 5,000 plus women and children. And then they went back and picked up all the leftovers. And they came back with a basket full. They were part of a miracle. That's what, I th that's what John wants us to be aware of. In his friendship with Jesus, he writes this so that we are coming there. And now, oh my gosh, you know, John, you were there and he had a basket and he filled up, you know, he had five loaves and two fishes and he, he multiplied them and he gave you a basket. And John's relating this to us. And he's telling us, and then we go, oh, I get to meet him. And then we go and meet Jesus. John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing the word of God. What would John say to us? Okay. This is the direction of the message today. John the disciple, is here now talking to us. What would John, the disciple, tell us that would inspire us to want to go and meet Jesus? John chapter 1, verse 1, 1 John chapter 1. From the very first day we were there, this is the Message Bible, from the very first day we were there, taking it all in, we heard it with our own ears, saw it with our own eyes, verified it with our own hands. Okay? John, isn't, John is talking about what he saw Jesus do. Now, the disciples are wanting a Messiah. Okay? Everyone in, everyone in, in Israel is wanting a Messiah. They're praying for a Messiah. But even, you know, and there were false messiahs. People that showed up and said, no, I'm the Messiah, and they, you know, they weren't, they were the crazy guy on the other end of the street. But Jesus comes along, and the disciples begin to follow him, and Jesus unfolds to them 
who he is. Three years. And after three years, they still don't get it. Because he dies, when, he raised, when he's risen from the dead, that's when it begins to settle in, begins to make sense, and the coming of the Spirit just totally made them aware. So John tells us, from the very beginning, we heard it, we saw it, and we handled it, and from the very beginning, God was trying to unfold all of this in our lives. And they, and they were able to understand through all this, well, he is divine. Do you know, um, anybody know what the Midas touch is? What's the Midas touch? The golden touch. Everything you touch turns to gold, right? How many wish you had the Midas touch? <laughs> And maybe for an hour every day, you know, so I can get everything I want. You know, go, 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 go. I'm going to go spend this now. Take it away, and I'm going to go do this. Now, Jesus is God. He is, nothing exists that he didn't create. There is nothing that exists that he doesn't create. The word made flesh and dwelt among us. Okay? He was there in the beginning. Before there was a beginning. John 1, 1, before the beginning began was God. So when time began, that was the beginning. Before time began, there was God. Jesus spoke the entire universe, everything, the stars and the planets and the solar systems. He spoke it all into existence. So he comes in and becomes a man. God becomes man, Jesus incarnate. He could have gone around gold, silver, gotcha, <laughs> You know, he could have gone around, done all that, spoken, you know, palm tree over there, you know, I want a lake over there, water out of the deep. I mean, he, you know, he would tell them, go, I want you to do this, guys. Uh, you've been fishing all night. I want you to throw the net on the other side of the boat and see what happens. What happened? It was full of fish. Jesus could have done that all through his life. I mean, just the miracles, but it wasn't. He wasn't here to say, wow, what a wonderful miracle worker. He was here to give us the message, the word himself, this written word. And the word describes, okay, what's, you know, what's, Walt asked me, what's Steve like? I go, well, Steve's got this and this and this and this. Oh, where John is here and he's writing, I want you to know this is what Jesus is like. I want you to know this is what Jesus is like. And he goes on, he says, the word of life, the word of life, Jesus is life. What happened in the very beginning? We created man in our image, made him out of dust, and breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The word of life that gave breath to mankind is Jesus. He's standing here. The word of life appeared Right before our eyes, we saw it happen. John saying, I saw this. I saw this. You see, the Word was there, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word of life appeared right before mine eyes. It's this revelation that John saw Jesus, God there, present, 
we saw God, the revelation, come into being, and we saw and understood. So here is John, day and night, night and day, with Jesus, and beginning to understand he can do anything. He can walk on water. He can open blinded eyes. He can raise the dead. He can have people fishing and get a big net by throwing it on the other side. He told Peter to go down and catch a fish and pull out of its mouth a coin and say that which is see, you know, whose picture is on it. It's Caesar's, well, render unto Caesar's, what is Caesar unto God, what is God? And he got it from a fish. He's able to do all of this, but what's the message? That I can rearrange life by my touch? If you believe God, you can say under this mountain, move, and it's gone. Or is it, is he here, the word of life, made flesh, and dwelt among us? The word, the word. Well, the word of God is God. John is telling us. He says, now, and now, we're telling you in the most sober prose, we are telling you in the most common of words. This is John telling us. John is saying to I'm, I'm going to tell you now in the most easy terms that I can that we witnessed, that I witnessed this incredible, this infinite life of God himself. How this infinite life of God took shape before my eyes. This is John talking to us. I want to tell you in the most simple terms, I, John, saw God take shape before my eyes. Not shape as in shape shifters and, you know, but that Jesus... Standing there in over three years, John says, I began to understand. And when G and John is there at the cross, when John is at the cross, Jesus says to John, John, behold your mother. Mother, behold the, your son who's going to take care of you. I'm not going to be with you, but John is. And John is there and he sees all of this. And then when the resurrection happens and the ascension, you see... John is now talking to you and I. I want you to know God took shape and took form before my very eyes. In a matter of three years, I recognized that he is God. And what he is saying transcends time. And what he instills in my life is beyond knowledge. And it is, it is God with us. I saw it happen. I put my head on the shoulder of God before they took him to the cross and died. But yet, he didn't die. He lives. And I saw this happen. 
And you see, I, John, am now telling you in the plainest language possible, I witnessed this incredible, this incredible happening. This infinite life of God himself was in front of me. The word that spoke the world into existence, the universe into existence. (laughs) You go back to John's writing, the first gospel, John chapter 1, verse 2, it says, He was with God in the beginning, in verse 3, through him were, were all things were created. Without him, nothing was created. Can you imagine sitting there and looking over at Jesus and saying, going on in your head, he spoke the world into existence. He, he, he is, he's God. And I, I, broke, I broke bread with him. I drank from the same cup he did. I was privileged to have dinner with God every day for three years. And I didn't realize what it was. But after he ascended, all of this began to make sense. And I want you to know, I want you to know that I saw him. I saw him die. I saw him rise. I saw him touch people and their lives were changed. But the word didn't come to rearrange circumstances. The word came to create life. The word, Jesus, came to create life in everyone who will listen. And listen, I want you, John, saying to us, I want you to listen to his word. And when you take his word into your life, you'll be changed. You'll be changed. And that word that he puts in your life, in your heart, it will change the way you think. It will change what you say. It will change how you appear. It will change what you talk about. It will change things that if there's virtuous things, you will see them. If there are lovely things, you will talk about them. If there are pure things thoughts and intentions you'll understand them because that word is life and john says that life is in us and before the beginning began he was and now he is and he will be forever and he's in me And I want to tell you, I saw it. I heard it. I touched him. And it changed my life. And that word inside of us is still creating. The word of God that spoke the world into existence, that word of God is inside of us, and there is so much power in that word, in that person of Christ alive in us, there's so much power in it that I can talk. You know, 
in school they call it self-fulfilling prophecy. What's self-fulfilling prophecy, teachers? That's a bad boy. Yeah. You tell them long enough that they are bad, they'll believe you. My mother believes that I'm a bad boy. My mother believes, my parents believe, and they keep telling me over and over again I'm a bad boy. Self-fulfilling prophecy is they're going to become that because of the power of the influence of that person over another. The power of the word of God spoken through us is fulfilling because we believe that God will inspire his word in our heart so that we can talk about it, so that we can dream about it, so that we can believe that the God who spoke the world into existence is still abiding within me, and no matter what happens in my life, I can believe what God has told me. Everything has a way of working out. Not because I believe in the stars, not because I believe in fate, but because I believe in the God who made the stars, who called me to be his child, and I am his for an eternity and he is at work in my life. And this isn't over yet. This life isn't over yet. And when it is, I'm safe for eternity because John says, I saw him die. I was there. I saw him on that cross. I saw him say, Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. I saw him die. But I saw him stand before me and say, John, put your hand here and touch my wounds. Put your hand here. Look at my side. It's not a spirit. It's flesh and blood. And it's me. John says in this introduction, I saw it. I heard it. I felt it, and I want to tell you about it so that he can be alive in you. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you confess your sins, I will forgive you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness, I'll write your name in my book of life and you will live forever. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. While you were yet in your mother's womb, I knew you. I formed you. I put the package together and I have a plan for you. Nothing shall ever separate you from the love of God. Not height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things past, things in the future. Nothing is going to be able to separate. That word comes to life inside of us, and what do we do? We believe. John, it took him three years, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the ascension and the coming of the Holy Spirit, and John finally got it. <laughs> so it, does, it takes time for this to happen. But it comes. He comes. And John says, I want you 
to meet Jesus. <laughs> I want you to meet Jesus. And this is what he's like. Take, receive this word into your life and it will change you forever. <laughs> it will create in you a clean heart. It will renew a right spirit. It will bring new thoughts, new dreams, new hopes, new life. Because we've only begun to dream of what God can do. And it hasn't even entered into our hearts and minds what God has yet prepared. So get ready. There's a new journey coming. There's a new day coming. There's a new purpose, and God is at this renewal process, and only the dreams of God are big enough to fulfill a life that God has created. And he has come to indwell our hearts and lives. Amen? John says, come, let me tell you about this Jesus. So as you read 1 John, as you read it, see what John is telling us about this Jesus who is alive in him, who he saw, who he heard, who he talked with, who he touched. And now, you know, he's an older man, and in a short period of time, he's going to be exiled to the Isle of Patmos to die. But John never gives up on this infinite dream, this infinite reality of who Jesus is. And he, at the Isle of Patmos, still maintains this wonderful relationship, this death island. He maintains this wonderful relationship with Jesus. And then as you read the book of Revelation, he says, I don't know if I was in my spirit, in my body, or whatever, but this is what happened. That's the relationship that John has with Jesus. And he begins to tell us about that in 1 John. Shall we stand? <laughs> so we're it. <laughs> God has come to touch our lives, to instill his word in our hearts and minds. And as we read his word, it's eternal. It changes us. I can't make myself change, but his spirit and his presence with me can make all the difference. Jesus, let your spirit be upon us. Let your word dwell in us richly. Let your spirit, O oh God, take your word and make it alive to us. Quicken us, O oh God, by your spirit. Make it alive within us. May we have dreams. May your dreams be in us. May we have dreams big enough. May we have dreams big enough for the God who created the universe, the solar systems, who touched blinded eyes who fed 5,000 plus women and children with five loaves and two fish. The God who spoke about love and forgiveness. God, help us to see you. Help us to see you 
in this real and omnipotent way, all-powerful way, we pray. Open our eyes, Lord Jesus. We want to see Jesus. Amen. Open mine eyes, Lord. I want to see you. Amen? God bless you. It's a wonderful day. <laughs> Amen.